0: Welcome to Healing Begins. My name is Pastor Gail Kroc and I'm glad you're listening and we're continuing on with Dr. Troy Carlson and this program is brought to you by Family Tree Medical of Hastings, Michigan. And Dr. Troy, welcome back. Great to be here with you, Gail, today. You know, I'm gonna say, I love stories. I just am a storyteller. So I worked as 18 years in trauma and emergency as a hospital chaplain. And uh, I want to tell you a story of a woman that I felt had great faith. She didn't live. She actually wound up dying. The doctor came to her and said, you have six weeks to live. You're going to die. She had a pretty powerful sickness. She had multiple myeloma of the blood. Can you explain what that is as a doctor?
1: So multiple myeloma is a cancer of the blood that starts to eat away at the bones, and that is um you know something that obviously would need uh treatment right away if someone was diagnosed with that
0: well and 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 she had it really bad, and uh, I know her personally a woman of great faith, loved the Lord, loved Jesus, and I got to say I admired her faith in the midst of her battle with sickness. She lived not only six weeks but she lived for six years. I remember one day when she was in the healing process, she went in to get x-rayed. And the doctor was quite frightened because when the x-rayed her, she lit up on the x-ray. Uh-huh. And the other doctor came out and he goes, oh no, don't be frightened. When she lights up, her body's in healing. That's what he told the other doctor. And uh, this, the, well, I remember one day the woman was in drastic pain and I'm in uh, by the hospital bed by her. And I saw an angel, I believe I saw an angel in the spirit realm, come by the IV pole. So I said to her, I said, we'll call her Janet, just for the sake of name. I said, there, I think there's an angel by your IV pole who's dressed in a blue robe. Hmm. She goes, okay. Well, the next day I come in the hospital because I was working as a chaplain. And she goes, man, I couldn't wait for you to get here. What happened? She goes, I was sleeping in the middle of the night and somebody was tapping me on the hand and I opened my eyes and there was that angel dressed in a blue robe and that angel had a message for me. You're going to be okay. And then, um, listen, after that, the the uh, multiple myeloma had actually uh, ate through one of her bones in her leg. Mm. And it actually wound up healing back up where she could walk again, which is another little miracle. I can't tell you how many times during this woman's six years that I saw the angels of heaven involved with her treatment in a big way. And then what would happen was every time she was in the hospital, she would testify about the Lord to everybody that she came in contact. She did this continually to everybody. So... Like, and I watched her right down for a whole six years as, as she was sick and battled with his sickness. So, you know, I think it's really powerful. And you know, this as a doctor, when a person goes into the doctor's office and they hear the words, you have cancer. Mm-hmm.
1: Them words have power, don't they? They do have power, Gail, in a way that, uh, you know, so much so that people physically will recoil, they'll actually change the position in their seat, of course. Um, And a lot of times those words shut down people to the point where they're not able to hear after those words are spoken. Um, So they are powerful. That's a powerful diagnosis and a powerful thing to share with someone.
0: And that would have a powerful effect in a negative way on the healing process of their body too.
1: It certainly could, absolutely. That the, those emotions go into our, you know, get translated into our immune system, and that can put us at further risk uh, and having further problems and difficulties because of those words being spoken.
0: But the words have to be spoken because they actually are the truth. This is the fact of what's going on in the person's body.
1: Right. Absolutely. You have to, you know, definitely share with them specifically what you know as a medical professional uh, to share that honestly and openly so that, you know, treatment opportunities can be then sought based on the patient's thoughts and feelings as to what direction they would like to go.
0: So what I'd like to do is go over some spiritual keys that I think can help people with sickness and disease. We already talked about in the previous broadcast, by the way, if you haven't heard that, You need to go back on the radio station's website under podcasts and listen to last week's broadcast to pick that back up. So we talked about seeking your own personal healing ministry, how important that is. But I think the number one thing we have to do
1: is realize that the doctor's word is not the final word. That's right, Gail. Um, I know that... uh... Uh, a lot of times, uh, maybe healthcare professionals, maybe ones that you worked with in the past, you know, feel that uh, that science is the final determination. But in fact, that's not how we're made. And that, um, not to say that there doesn't need to be respect there, but God really does truly have the final say as, as we believe. Psalm 139 verse
0: 16 says, all the days ordained for you were written in his book before one of them came to be. So what I pray for people when they're sick is that that they would live the full number of the days that God wrote down in his book before one of them came to be. Amen. So going for your treatment, going to get help, can help you live those days in more of a quality of your life that I think everybody wants, quality of life. But I think that one of the first things you need to deal with right away is the spirit of fear. Because... When certain things are spoke, that fear just grabs your heart. And 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Now, when you first get diagnosed, and maybe yours is not a a diagnosis like cancer, maybe you've had a mental diagnosis like schizophrenia. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going crazy. You really have to watch out what the words that come out of your mouth so... Picking up 2 Timothy 1 7, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, I think is really important in the battle,
1: don't you? Absolutely. Uh, to stay focused on things that are positive, which you know, when you're going through those times, whether it's a diagnosis of cancer or a mental health diagnosis, it's really important for you to, you know, really surround yourself uh, with the Word of God and really to speak life uh, and read life into your your being because those are the things that are true that have the power to heal, as we've talked about in the previous program.
0: I've had people tell me, well, I got cancer, but it doesn't have me. And so some people won't even say the word. They don't deny that their body's going through something But they're trying to speak words of faith, life, hope. They're staying away from the words of death. Like, I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it. I mean, I remember when my mother died, my dad looked at us and said, I just want to climb in the coffin and go with her. And six months later, we did his funeral. He just kind of gave up. So a person can actually give up and die a whole lot quicker. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah. I mean, our thoughts lead to feelings that generate actions that give us results. It's called Tfar. thoughts, feelings, actions, results. So in our thought life, uh, that is going to shape as to what's going to happen. And so again, if you believe something long enough, it becomes who you are and what you're feeling. And that has great significance in terms of your, your health and the direction that your life physically and emotionally and spiritually will go.
0: We often say a lie only has power if you believe it, but words only have power if you agree with them. And um, not that we don't agree with our doctor, but I think it's important that we balance things out, faith in the practice of medicine, so we're putting the two together so we can live that full life that God has for us.
1: Yeah, Gil, I um, wanted to just, you know, talk to you about that because I know sometimes for some people and some physicians, it may be difficult so that you have a strong, uh, healthy uh, belief and you believe in the Lord and his ability to heal. And sometimes the people you're interfacing with in the healthcare profession may not understand that, may not appreciate that, and quite frankly, struggle with that. And I know that that being not on the same page as your providers and for them to think that maybe you're a little bit crazy about how you're thinking and how you're feeling. But I just want to encourage you to just work through that with them. Be patient and help to witness as it relates to um, those challenges and what you're feeling and how you're going through that. So as it relates to um, taking care of that information that uh, you may be, if you will, in conflict with those that you're working with, um, I think you just make sure that you're patient with yourself. Make sure you're patient with your healthcare provider, um, and just let them know. Um, and again, if there's a continued struggle, that may you know that may mean that you might have to make a change in your provider, and that that's not easy to do. Um, but I think it's important for you to make sure that you're not um, holding back on those feelings, and also helping them to understand to be a witness, maybe to somebody else that doesn't know or understand.
0: I remember when this lady was on her six-year journey, and she would speak words of faith. The medical profession thought she was a little loony, to be honest with you. And then I had another friend who had lupus really bad. I mean, really bad to the point it was disfiguring her face. And she would come into her doctor's office and say, by his stripes, I'm healed. And you could see by the outward of her face, she wasn't healed. And her physicians really struggled with her mindset. Well, one day she came come in and she was all bent over and it looked really bad and she said, by his stripes I'm healed, referring to Jesus. All of a sudden, suddenly, there was a drastic turn in her health and her lupus went away and no one could explain it and understand it. But boy, that lady went through an awful hard struggle. She was doing her doctor's treatment. She was following the plan, and she was putting her faith into action. And I think that's what we really need to understand. And I want to just talk about the doctor's role in the Bible. In fact, when you look in Luke 17, 14, I'm not going to go into the story of the cleansing of the ten lepers. The first thing Jesus tells them is to go show themselves to the priest so that they might be pronounced clean and let back in the community. Now, it was hard for the leper to go back to the priest because it was the priest that diagnosed them with leprosy. So they had to go to the very one that kicked them out of their community. And back then, the priest was the equivalent of the medical field today Hmm. as it related to the body, as it related to sickness. You read the Levitical law, you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff in there about health and healing and sickness and disease. And so... A lot of times people think that faith is in opposition to medicine, but when you realize it can work together, that is a powerful combination for. Healing and transformation, would you agree?
1: Absolutely. I think the enemy wants to keep those separated, Gail. And it's really important for us to know that that's a powerful one two punch uh, that we can take the benefits of what the Lord has given through technology and understanding uh, to improve our health and keep our health, as well as knowing and understanding, knowing Him in a soulful and personal way, and having that combination is really a key ingredient for us to live a, a healthy and happy life. And wholesome life.
0: The other key point I want to talk about is the power of purpose, because just because you've been diagnosed with a sickness or a disease or a mental health disorder doesn't mean that you don't have a purpose, doesn't mean your purpose is, is gone. And so Jeremiah 29 11 says, know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. And I have seen people who have been sick, know that they have a purpose. And that purpose will get them through a storm. That purpose will help them overcome a sickness. I've seen this time and time again. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7-9 through says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. there in that verse treasure is the secret purposes and plans for your life before you were born if you' if God's plan for you has not been fulfilled, if your purpose has not been fulfilled, you're not going to leave this planet till that's fulfilled and when I was talking about this I was thinking about Aaron and Moses when Aaron's purpose had been fulfilled, God had him come up on the mountain and he took off his priestly robes and he died. Same thing with Moses himself. You can read about this in the Bible. So your purpose, not letting go of that, but hanging on to that, hanging on to what God has said about you, either what he's given you through his word or what somebody you know spoke over you under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Would
1: you agree, doctor, that those are powerful weapons. Absolutely, Gail. Again, it's a, a focus. Again, I think there are things that come into our lives to afflict us and take us off our game or get us away from what God has uh, destined for us to do through what He's put inside of us. And I think those words that you're sharing really are the things, and of course we've I've seen that play out many, many times with patients who've had— what would otherwise be uh, life-threatening illnesses, cancer, or conditions that don't seem hopeful, and they live way beyond what a doctor's, if you will, prediction uh, for the length of their life, because God has, in fact, been in part of them, and they want to be focused, and they change their direction to Him, and not on what it is that's been said about them.
0: You know, there was this lady I met in the hospital one time. The doctor had given her six months to live, and it now was... 20 years later, and finally the doctor said to her, I'm just going to quit giving you a time of death because every time I do, you show me to be a liar. He goes, I'm just going to quit doing that. You know, when 1 Timothy 1.18 says, Timothy, my son, I give you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you that by recalling them, you might fight the battle well. When it seems like the sickness has knocked you down, you seem like you're out for the count. Pick up what God has said and begin to say it out loud and decree it. Joshua 21.45 says, Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel ever failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Proclaim your future over and over. I love Psalm 118 verse 17. I will not die but live and proclaim what the Lord has done. And I think right there, I think that is so powerful and i'm i'm reminded too of another guy king hezekiah in isaiah 38 uh 20 38 verse 2 i'm not going to read this but hezekiah was sick and the prophet isaiah said to him god said tell the king he's going to die he will not recover and so the the prophet is leaving the courtyard and hezekiah turns his face to the wall this is the most interesting thing that hezekiah said what Hezekiah did, he told God all the things that he had done for God, all the faithful devotion, how he served the Lord in his life. And he began to remind God. And before Isaiah left the courtyard, God spoke to him and said, go back to Hezekiah and tell him I've given him 15 more years to live. <laughs> to me, that is like uh, not a funny story, but it's a amazing story. Instead of repentance... He did the opposite. He reminded God of all the things he had done and how he has served him with
1: his whole heart. Mm -hmm. And God honored that. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a funny story? It's an interesting story, Gail, and one that sometimes I don't think a lot of us think about. But it's okay to let the Lord know how you feel. And and again, it's not about our works, as we know, because God's grace is really what allows us to be with him in heaven. But it's really about... um, you know, working and battling with those words and those promises that have been spoken over our lives and uh, the Lord has revealed to us. And again, to, to carry through and to do our purpose as we're here to serve him. I just
0: want to say too, if God has given you a promise and now you're sick, sometimes when you get a promise, something will happen that seems to be a contradiction to what God has said. And that's actually quite common. And so God will give you a promise in your today to get you into your tomorrow, because God knows something is coming, but he's going to give you a promise to hang on to, that you can fight with, that you can battle with while you're battling with whatever has been going on, so we need to renew our minds, and fill our minds with God's word, and rebuke doubt, rebuke fear in the name of it. the Bible calls fear to spirit of fear, that's an interesting word right there, because fear is a human emotion, we know that, but also, when it gets really bad, there can be a demonic spirit behind fear, and you can bind it and have Jesus take it away.
1: Somebody uh, shared with me uh, an acronym for fear. Uh, and again, it, fear is a natural emotion that it tells us to do certain things, to stay away from things that might be dangerous. But the acronym someone gave to me was fear is false evidence appearing real. And so it's really important to have wisdom and discernment when that uh, emotion comes upon you and ask the Lord, where is that coming from? Is it for my own protection or is it actually something trying to take me away from what it is that I really know that I need to do?
0: You know, when you've got a calling on your life and a purpose to do something, the enemy really tries to take that away from you. He doesn't want you to have hope. You know, and I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by faith what we feel. We don't let our physical reality take away our eyes of faith. We walk by faith. Now we don't deny the physical reality because that's our prayer list. That's our way we're going to pray. Right. But we walk by faith and not by sight. And I would encourage you also to go for prayer regularly, go for anointing with oil and prayer. If you're in a church where they do all they let you come to the altar and pray over you, Get as much prayer as you can. Could can really help in the healing process. And don't give up the attitude of prayer. Pray and fast. There's so many things spiritually that you want to keep alive during this time. And the other thing I was going to say is make sure you get rest. Make sure you don't overdo it. Would you say rest is an important part of the healing?
1: Absolutely. Again, our physical rest, I alluded to that, Gail, in our previous program, as a critical component to weigh our immune system, which is obviously very important as we're talking about that a lot in today's day. Um, So rest uh, it's our physical rest, but I, I know that there are many verses in the Bible for us to ponder, which is to rest in him. And so, again, that takes away fear. It keeps our focus. It keeps our purpose. And so those are the things that we want you and encourage you to do. So remember, again, um, I think the enemy is really good at speeding us up in our lives, and when in fact we need to take a deep breath and we need to reflect Upon what it is, and what it is, and what is our direction, and where we want to go, to to really lead into God's purpose for our lives.
0: And as we wind up here, Psalm ninety-one says, "He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest under the shadow of the Almighty." I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Would you like to do another prayer for people for healing and for strength?
1: Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today thanking you for this opportunity to share with others. And Lord, we just ask for those that are struggling um, possibly with fear or um, a medical diagnosis that might be challenging or just even a family situation, Lord, that that not dictate their lives. Lord, that they press in, that they look to you for that healing and uh, and knowing that, Lord, you're there with them. You're going to walk with them, walk uh, side by side and care for them and love them and uh, show them that you are there in, in healing and and uh, giving them rest. We ask all this now in your precious name.
0: Amen. Hey, I, I want to thank you tonight for joining us for Healing Begins program. I want you to know there's a hope and a future for you. Hang on to the Word of God. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can email me at gale, G-A-L-E, at com. Let the radio station know how you're liking the program. We just enjoy sharing God's word with you. We want to be that voice of hope in the night. So God bless you. May he keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, and give you peace. Have a good night.